Blog Talk Radio. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to us in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Actually, I'm more full of energy. Point is, I'm starting to love the word that starts with E, energy, because I've got plenty of it. And uh, tonight, I'm going to do something that I used to do in the past on Off the Rails Uncensored and on my other prior shows. I'm going to read to you the results of the show, because why? I can and I will. Okay? Just, Just bear with me, okay? I did see some of NXT. I didn't see some of NXT. I was flipping back and forth like a madman between AEW and NXT. So forgive me, folks, if um, I'm a bit slow, okay? Tonight's NXT results. Let's see here. I really did like the Mia Yim versus Charlotte match. I caught some of that, and I actually caught the bulk Match from the comeback in the AM to the finish, Charlotte Flair, where she bridged into the figure eight. So, Keith Lee was supposed to defend the North American Championship against Damian Priest. Charlotte Flair went one on one with Mia Yim. And yes, Candice LeRae started off the night against Casey Catanzaro. So, whoever did these results, these suck balls, dude. We did the preview. You only did the preview, you jerkwad. Here's the thing. That wasn't first on the docket. What the hell, dude? So there was another empty arena. Yes, we get that. But then, okay, can you please? Okay, Dexter Loomis. They were not on the card. Are you sure about that? Who wrote this shit? Of course, ringside news. The Cruiserweight Championship Tournament match tonight. So Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Fantasmo, I believe it was. So, yeah, they are Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Elio Del Fantasma. I thought so. I thought that would start out the night, not this long introduction for a blog, dude. Great job, I guess. I don't know. They went back from commercial, back and forth, so... He rolled up Fantasma in a crucifix pin. Keep in mind, they did some flippy, flippy shit like a lot of suicide dives. Fantasma, yeah, he's a 20-year veteran. He's been wrestling since he was 
want to say he's been wrestling since he was 18, but I don't think that's correct. Maybe it is. Adam Cole addressed the match between Velveteen Dream and himself. Um, there's a reason for that, folks. I'll get into that later on in the later portion of my show. So Tom Phillips showed what happened during commercial break when Elio Del Fantasma was attacked. So they're trying to kidnap him. This is very strange. Candice Array uh, with Johnny Gargano versus Casey Catanzaro. It wasn't until the tail end of the match that uh, Candice really started, you know, showing the world who she was. It just seems like a, okay, this match between Candice versus Casey, sometimes how you know a character is bad isn't until later on. Like, you know, for example, in uh, Oz the Great and Powerful, when you can clearly see, you know, between Rachel Weiss and Mila Kunis, the contrast of who's the good witch and who's the even bigger bitch. The reason why I say that is because you wouldn't know until later on during the entire film that, well, Mila Kunis's character absolutely, absolutely gets so angry at James Franco, and why am I using this as an analogy? Because he didn't see that Candace was a complete bitch until after the match. She put the Gargano escape, or Candace escape, whatever she fucking calls it. Um, she put that as a finish, you know, as a exclamation point of stamp saying, hey, I'm the head bitch in charge, and all, you rest of, all the rest of you skanky bitches are just going to fall under my thumb. Sometimes it works, and sometimes it depends on how you look at it. I don't know, man. It kind of kind of left me confused just a little bit, but then I, okay, now she's coming into her. She dyed her hair, whatever. It looks like murky seaweed. Um, although I will say that it was a decent job when Candace was in, you know, to give the... Uh, Give the crowd such a wonderful thought process because it's like, okay, <laughs> the whole match looked very sportsmanship-like. I'm going to let you out of the corner. I just don't trust you. I don't trust him being in the corner. I think that was good, you know, psychology right there. Kind of eased people into it. Uh, Besides psychoanalyze this shit, going to take the whole night thing. Well, I didn't like this, but I did like this. Let's get to the fucking point, shall we? So, it didn't feel like the the whole entire point of being a heel is to, if you had an audience, you get a reaction, but seeing as how you don't have an audience, it's even ten times more difficult than it is to do it without a crowd. So, Kudos to Candace because it's really difficult to work that angle of being a bitch or an asshole in the wrestling world in any performance, really. Imagine a Broadway without an audience point, you know, like Phantom of the Opera, for example, when the Phantom storms off and goes into his own lair or whatever, trying to lure Raul 
I'm using weird analogies here, but it's to the point where what do you do? So she hit the wicked stepsister, really? It's not a fisherman buster, but that's an interesting name for a fucking finish. I like it. The wicked stepsister. That's cool, and it's catchy, so I give her credit for that. Um, <laughs> Damien Priest cut the promo backstage. So he was cutting a promo about Lee couldn't breathe. I bet you couldn't breathe. And uh was talking about the incident with the nightstick long before the whole shut or lockdown was going on. So when you come back from commercial break, they're trying to – I don't know what's going on with NXT – but they had a new show came out with uh, probably Matt Riddle's idea, but um, the new Libros. Uh, fairly interesting concept. But then, you know what? It's funny is Matt Riddle seems to be finding himself on the end of a lot of attacks lately. And my new tag team, I can't pronounce their names. I'm sorry, fellas, but uh, so kind of like the dating game show, but for bros, if you will, okay? The next question, I love how they write this. For the next question, Saxon asked Thatcher, what was the craziest place, or no, what's the craziest place that he has ever done it? Thatcher says he was in the ring, but he once had a triple threat in Alondra Pat. Oh, yeah, that's catchy. Riddle wrote threesome and a washer. Funny. But, you know, you got to give him credit for that. So Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel attack Riddle and Thatcher. I'm sorry, folks. I must be still tired. But um, so they made a point saying we're coming for the NXT Tag Team Championships. I wonder, I wonder if the other uh, NXT UK guys are – still involving themselves in NXT. Who knows? I mean, maybe both sides of the roster are there. Who knows? Mia Yim showed her getting ready for Charlotte. And then it showed the WWE's partnership with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Then Adam Cole, basically, and I told you this... I will get into what happened to Velveteen Dream and so on and so forth later on in the show. This is Off the Rails and Censored where we still talk anything and everything professional wrestling. Just so happens I've got sources. Like every fucking podcast, I've got sources. A source said I don't cite Meltzer, fuck that asshole, for a lot of reasons. And I know... I know some of you out there probably say, well, Meltzer said, I'll get to that later. Union versus the NXT Women's Champion Charlotte Flair in a non-title match. So, to start off the match, Charlotte rolls up Mia, one, two, and then, you know, Mia dodges Charlotte, and she hits a bunch of kicks. Charlotte then comes back with an elbow to Yim. Charlotte goes outside, chases Yim around, and then uh, she hits Yim. She catches her, actually. And then uh, there's commercial, of course. So me and Yim actually use the tarantula. Tajiri would be proud, all right. 
So Charlotte is still standing. Okay. Charlotte Flair ends up hitting the figure eight at the end. So I did see majority of the good part of the match, right? So I don't know. Geez, why do you need to? Dexter Loomis versus Shane Thorne. There's so many layers to Dexter Loomis that can be peeled away because he doesn't talk much. He looks a bit psychotic. He's he's a mystery to the entire freaking wrestling world. But even Mar Ronello says he's got that disturbed look on his face. As in you don't know or want to even begin to fucking mess with this dude. Why? He just it's like if Sid Vicious was shorter and, well, Dexter Loomis actually has good wrestling skills, so won't touch on that. I mean, Sid and Taker were a tag team, but just saying, he's got that weird, off-putting nature about him. And no one knows what he'll say when he finally starts blabbing, but... There's a lot of questions to be had, you know, whenever you see Dexter Loomis in the wrestling ring, especially against Shane Thorne. I mean, Thorne hit him twice at the beginning of the match. You know, shoulder tackle, the guy didn't seem phased. Like Bobby Heenan used to say about The Undertaker, the man is not human. He literally fended off everything that Thorne threw at him, even gave him a big spine buster. So, when Thorne went to get up to go for a DDT, like the Tornado DDT, he just threw him off. And then, you know, of course, Thorne hit him with a rake of the eyes. And then, let's see here. He hit him with a couple drop kicks here and there. So, his submission, I mean... It's so weird. Like, it looks like a naked choke, but it's not. Like, he lays down with you, grabs you. It looks like he's going to put you in a headlock, but he just starts choking. Starts twisting, starts moving it. No, he doesn't even move it. So, oh, how do you pronounce this? Keita Kitagatami submission? So, that's the name of his submission, folks. Dexter Loomis is absolutely insane. I mean, the man tried taking care of Thorne after the fact that he had choked him out. So, after Drake Maverick had lost, it was a WWE exclusive. And Drake Maverick actually picked up a victory tonight in the Cruiserweight tournament, Cruiserweight title tournament match against Tony Nese. I think that match gained a lot of intrigue based off of what Maverick had said. I'm not sure if he ends up winning or losing, but he did have a three-match guarantee. But um, it was really moving to hear somebody else, you know, encourage another wrestler, even though we don't know the future of Maverick. And I don't, like I said, I don't really think I know anyone knows, dude, to be honest with you, if you have any questions, I guess you can do the worst thing possible and just message him directly on Instagram. I'm pretty sure he's got a lot of pull on his inbox, right? 
So Maverick hits, you know, a wheelbarrow bulldog on these from the top rope. Um, I guess so. Yeah, because he changed. Yeah, he changed his course in midair. So Keith Lee defends his championship against Damian Priest. Okay. So he keeps on. There's a lot of reversals in between Lee and Priest. It looks like I saw some of it. Like I said, I was flipping back and forth. So there's a lot of choke slam attempts, headbutts. It took two spirit bombs to put Damian Priest away. But from what I understand, it was a fairly decent match. I mean, fairly decent meaning. It wasn't a sleeper. I mean, by any means, there's two big men facing each other, Keith Lee and Damian Priest. You want a sleeper? I mean, I could discuss the rise and fall of WCW all over again. (laughs) But uh, anyhow, AEW, what up, dude? I saw some of your matches. You, Dan, not going to Forbes because they never give the full results. They just give you ratings. Page side seats don't know if you do any good either. So it's the tournament semifinals. Cody Rhodes versus Darby Allen. That was the main headline of the night. Close set in Georgia. So <laughs> midnight train on Georgia. Oh, sweet Georgia. Okay, so Dustin Rhodes against Lance Archer. Lance Archer is a huge, huge dude. Trust me, I met. I briefly met him at an autograph table at Wrestling Revolver. Very nice dude. Huge. That dude is a huge mother trucker. I'm telling you. I am telling you. So, uh, uh-huh. Cody Rose versus Darby Allen for the AEW TNT Championship Tournament semifinal match. So Chris Jericho is on commentary. This is very that's very much like when Jerry Lawler used to do. Uh, let's see here. Look at the quick covers. Rhodes, Bridges out. Mm-hmm. So that's the very first match they started with. Okay. So the winner of this match is God Almighty. Cody Rhodes, big shopper there. Reversing a coffin drop into a crucifix tent. So, they did give us a good match, I guess so. MJF appears with the... He talks about being back on Dynamite. MJF did, that is. Then you have Musa versus Wardlow. Wardlow wins with the F10. Okay, then. Best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent versus Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian. No disqualification, no count out. This brings me to my next point about AEW. They don't have rules in certain matches. Why? Because it keeps things fresh, I guess. 
And then, let's see here. Havoc and Sabian attack. We got the jump. We got a brawl action to the floor. I like whoever, who the fuck wrote this? Oh, Cage Side Seats. I like you guys. I like how you describe the match because it's very to the point. And Trent wipes him out with a tofe con hero. Jimmy Havoc destroys Orange Cassidy with a chair. Thank God. Sometimes, okay, look, it's cool to see a dude with hands in pockets, but every now in a great while, it, it's nice to see someone get their face smashed in with a steel chair, okay? Beretta saves Chuck from a conchair with a spear. Kip hits a top rope from here on Trent. Who wins this one? Best friends win pinfall with an awful waffle. Christ, what the hell? <laughs> I give okay. Look, whoever's doing the creative, you know, spat on all these things. I commend you because I like off the wall wacky shit. But dear God, it's kind of <laughs> it's unprecedented that there's two comedians like the Wicked Stepsister, and now we got awful waffle into chairs. Okay then. Baron Black versus Sean Spears. Okay, so I guess we have Baron Corbin in WWE, and now we have Baron Black versus uh, Sean Spears. Sean Spears wins with a sharpshooter. Okay, that's different, I guess. No, I don't want to go to Sprint.com. No, thank you. So Taz... Breaks Lance Archer's blackout down. We get a video package hyping up Marco's stunts match against Brody Lee. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I look at Marco's stunt and I think of some of the dudes from Tekken that, oh, yeah, they may be small, but they can actually hold, like, I can't. There are certain things that I can say about Marco's stunt that are good and bad, and some of you will really fucking hate me, but you know what? I gotta stay true to who I am. The dude is like, yay big, see me on YouTube, or he's a tiny fella, but he can sure as hell kick some ass when it comes to picking a dude up and Power bombing someone that looks so unbelievably, or does not believe, look believable to be power bombed. Not just power bombs, we're talking tornado DDTs or suplexes because real or be something in the water because I'm saying something nice about someone who I followed a little bit of his career and seen some of his matches, not all. Just makes you wonder. Brody Lee wins by pinfall with the Brody Bomb. Okay, thank God that victory actually makes sense. Um, Dustin Rhodes versus Lance Archer in a championship semifinal match. No figure. It says in this, folks. So Rhodes, it says Dustin's face completely busted open. But he manages to fire up when they strike the him in the corner, setting up Shatter's dreams. It's shattered, shattered dreams. Okay. 
that not sound familiar? Let me see here. Wait, wait, wait. So Lance Archer wins by pinfall with EBD Claw. Um, well, if it were brother versus brother, you might actually uh, get the predictable. Well, that was predictable. We knew that was coming. But it would have been the same way if, well, I like the whole David versus Goliath. Uh, is that the angle you were pulling up? Because Cody versus Lance Archer, well, he gave the fans what they wanted. I don't think so. Because as much as people would like to believe there's credibility in Lance Archer's resume, you know, Wrestling Revolver, Team, you know, Impact Wrestling, there's a lot that goes into that, folks. But, um, well, I did say I was going to read both cards, something I have not or not been able to do in quite a while on Off the Rails Uncensored. But seeing as how I only have 34 minutes left to relay the wrestling gossip of the wrestling world, folks. <laughs> The following content is for the appropriate age of 18 or older. If you are 14, you are pushing the fucking envelope of listening to my show. So, if you're not 14 and you still listen to my show and you share it with your friends in Clubhouse, this is, you know, cool. It's an honor. <laughs> so bad you have to hide in a treehouse. I pushed my fucking ego, but I just did. Anyways... Anyways, now I have all the energy in the fucking world to uh, share the lovely drama that's in the world of professional wrestling so that you all can talk amongst yourselves, right, about what's going on with Velveteen Dream, what's going on with Cody Rhodes, is there anybody from the wrestling world that has tested positive for COVID and why WWE is going back to their regular program settings, their live settings, that is, because... Who knows why? Anyways, Off the Rails Uncensored is a trademark podcast that was coined in 2016, March 7th, 2016. Off the Rails Uncensored, any likeness thereof, reproduction, or dissemination thereof, is punishable and and prosecutable. That's not even a word. You will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law and fined $45 per usage of the phrase off the rails uncensored. So that means Michael Cole owes me. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, yeah, he does. No, we're not going to get into legalities on my show. Somebody in the truck hit my fucking music. I know we're watching old Yankee shit, but can we. Can we please? Oh, before I do, though, what's up, all you quarantining lovely folks in the U.K., United States, Canada, Latvia, Indonesia, Australia, Philippines, Mexico City, Spain. We love you all, and thank you so much for listening to Wrestle Radio Network and Off the Rails Uncensored. So, anyways, someone – oh, yeah, you're going to hit my music? Are you really? Because you know what? I thought one time you just <laughs> – That was the wrong song.
and, and you know what you did too. Don't look at me like that. And please, yeah, I know. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, yeah. Someone held a sign up that says, beer and sex, why not? Just hit my music, damn it. Yes, no, maybe, I don't know. What What do you mean you got the wrong one? Okay, well, you know what? Hey. Back in 2002, 2003. So I want to get some insight as to what's going on. See. Cody Rhodes implies WWE is suing AEW. And this is a source. WrestleTalk.com. So... Sounds like I'll be going to court some time to go suit shopping is what he said on his Twitter. So says, taking to social media, Cody said that he needs to go shopping for a new suit. And it sounds like he'll be going to court in the near future. He accompanied this with a welcome to Pettyville gift. Some have suspected that it would be Vince McMahon's WWE that is t- taking AEW to court. Especially considering there is a war going on between two companies, duh. Earlier in the week, AEW announced they will be putting on a special Bash at the Beach episode of Dynamite. The show will share the name as a as a WCW pay-per-view that ran from 94 to 2000. WWE owned the term, but is believed that Cody filed to trademark the name earlier this year. Some have speculated that, that this is the reason WWE is suing AEW. As I said before, can you guys quit being... Little children, when it comes to this shit, you know, what's funny is that if you did file for a trademark, that's, that's funny. You can, and it, I don't know what the fucking issue is concerned. Actually, I do. You see, WWE bought out WCW, and each one of its pay-per-views that they use, I, I don't know... War games, for example. So, I'm just going to read some definitions. So, y'all can just be informed. So, 
some of you do know what this is, and a trademark. Okay. A symbol, word, or words legally registered or established by use as representing a company or product. So, Dash at the Beach was a show that was it was a pay-per-view done by WCW back in the day. You know, it was very famous for having Sting, Vader, Hogan, Flair, Savage, Piper. So this goes on. Is that how many people? Benoit. Him suing, or no, WWE suing him. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised either, though, that Cody is at the epicenter of controversy, and they're like, well, why is he the center of controversy? Why isn't it just WWE? I said, both really need to just take into consideration the reason why we, some of us wrestling fans are just wanting this bullshit to be over. Because I've discussed this many a times with other friends. There are people in this world that need to stop complaining. And yes, WWE released over 30-plus employees. And what does this have to do with a lawsuit? It has a lot to do with it. Because... If someone is suing someone over a simple fucking name, it's not just that. When you buy something, you own the rights to it. When you file a trademark because you want to repurchase something or say, hey, we want to use this for just a show, right? It's it's not even a fucking pay-per-view, and I'm sure AEW could do a wonderful job at being what they're being right now. And I'm not going to hold back just saying... For those of you who heard two years, I don't know about you all, but at Hall of Fame, they cut this out. Hunter expressed that AEW wouldn't last five years. A lot of the t-shirts on their website are pushing boundaries. Not explicit boundaries, but Sean Spears' design was very, you know, the design on the cross is very, very similar Two Hunter shirt, Kings of or King of Kings, Jericho shirt. It's not just a play on Triple H's cross, but Guns and Roses, which I'm sure Jericho's pretty good friends with. But I'm just saying, Chris, I do not mind. Do you know why that is? Because a man can run his mouth and actually back up what he says. As far as the Velveteen Dream goes, you know why I said Vanishing Velveteen Dream? Well, I'll inform you all. Possible warrant. Hell no, dude. That warrant's been out since last year. So, it says Velveteen Dream had arrest warrant. For supposedly smashing someone's car window. And it said he was issued for a criminal mischief after a man named 
Edgar Martinez reported that he found the driver's side window of his 2015 Infiniti QX70 smashed after returning it to where it was marked on North Mongolia Avenue in Orlando. Oh, my. The incident was caught on surveillance footage and showed a black man in a pink shirt and dark-colored pants walk up the motions like he was hitting the window and then driving off the blue Ford Mustang. The damage said was the $1,800 in a warrant affidavit. The incident was initially reported on November 30th, 2019, so before all this bullshit. And Rodriguez told an officer on December 18th that he saw the same man in the same car in his parking garage. Police lineup was done on December 29th, and Dream was identified. The Ford Mustang's license plate was also registered to Dream. I'm not naming that name. Uh-uh. The warrant was issued and bail was set for $1,000. However, the warrant was recalled on February 11th with the following issue. Coming now, the state of Florida, by and through the undersigned assistant state attorney, states that from the investigation which has been made, it is the opinion of the writer that this case is not suitable for prosecution. This action is taken to clear the record and to release subject's bond if any has been posted responsibly above charges. If in custody, defendant should be released, provided there are no other charges or holds against him. So they didn't take any further action. And Dream claimed that his phone was hacked amid accusations of having inappropriate conversations and sending explicit photos to minors. That, okay. So we have two, or yeah, we have two separate incidents. One is a petty lawsuit. No. That one, that really, this really gets on my nerves. Why, if we're going to have drama, can we just have it sticking, stick to the boring, you know, not boring, but can we please just, for, for me and for others that think maybe similar, just have a war of words on fucking Twitter and if you see each other, can we have, like see some actual animosity? I would, you know what? I can't wait because all this is over because I want to see what happens when AEW and WWE are in the same state. I want to see. I don't want to see this bullshit of let's take them to court and let's drag this shit out and make it so unenjoyable, man. It's just. It's not fun when, you know, a company and another company are fighting over something so minuscule. Yes, WWE owns the rights to Bash at the Beach, and then Cody's like, well, I filed a trademark. point is, you guys really, at this point, are acting like little kids. No, Mom, he took my gum. Can I have some gum? That's literally what this fucking sounds like. You guys... For the love of Christ, shut the fuck up. I didn't get out what I needed to say because I felt like I was going to fall over dead ass tired. But now that I'm awake and have some rejuvenated feeling in me, I just want to point out that for the longest time, AEW... And WWE been 
running at the mouth at each other and, and you know, taking subtle jabs at each other. And some people are just learning, like, hey, we're all family. We're all part of wrestling. We just work for different companies. But the way that this article was written was like taking a trip to Pettyville. Like, some of you think that it's funny, but that's very – that's immature on both ends, to be honest with you, dude. From Bentonville, Arkansas? Oh, you're from Granny's neck of the woods. Okay. Cool. What brings you on my show? For those of you folks wondering how you can reach me, you can go to Wrestle underscore radio or WrestleRadio forward slash Facebook dot com. Or you can contact me directly, train 5000 on my Twitter. So that's not Twitter handle, but train at train 5000 on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Okay, but is your name seriously Duke? That's cool. The reason why I'm being upfront with both companies is because I firmly believe that, yeah, you can fight each other. And I know I knew this is what it's going to come down to, though. There's going to be a lot of legal action between both. And it's going to really drive people nuts because you'll have on the one hand saying, well, Hunter started it all. No. If we want to go back further before Hall of Fame, you had Cody getting a replica of Triple H's chair with a sledgehammer. And I'm sure Hunter's like, okay, cool. You want to set the tone? Fine. If we're really going to get ourselves into another wrestling war, then we, I guess, started it in the correct way in the modern day of 2020. We're going to have to do a virtual case unless the courtrooms are actually open. There's a lot of... Okay, look. There's a lot of things that you can accomplish in professional wrestling and you don't have to create a lawsuit moment. I mean, sure, Cody did file a trademark, supposedly... Like, I went because my dad started it before WWE. Hate to say it, bub, but WWE owns the rights to the name Bash at the Beach because they own WCW. People, I guess, don't read disclaimers these days. And neither do people read the warning signs of if fans are forced to choose, yeah. Half will go to AEW and half will go to WWE. And some say I'm being generous, but... That's just the way it is. You're never going to have an even split in some instances, but in this instance, no offense, but if you ask anyone on the street about professional wrestling, some of them will tell you I don't watch it anymore, but I used to watch WWE, I used to watch WCW, and by often lucky chance, you run into someone that actually watched ECW, more power to you. Because I used to watch ECW, and others used to watch ECW. The point is, this lawsuit is the further divide into wrestling fandom right now. 
Some of you are saying, well, I like AEW because their product is fresh. It's not predictable. I've watched some of AEW, and I saw that Vicky Guerrero was on the air tonight, and I'm I'm just laughing my ass off because not WWE saturated? Hmm, isn't that what Cody and Chris said at the, at the beginning of AEW's venture with Tony Khan, right? We're not WWE saturated. So Moxley, Omega, who tried out from them briefly there, and then Jake Hager, Sean Spears, Luke Harper. There's no, there's more. Britt Baker, Jazz, Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho. Dustin Rhodes. There's a laundry list of names that I could sit here all night and say, this was former Ring of Honor. That's not WWE, but you say, because Ring of Honor is this affiliate company of AEW and WWE. It just depends on where said person goes. But what I'm saying to you all is, lawsuit, counter-lawsuit. I mean, are we really going to fight each other like this? Is some of this a work? No. Because they wanted to theme a show. A show! That's falling into the same trap that WCW fell into, dude. Doing all your good shit on one main show and then having a shitty-ass pay-per-view and maybe two or three good matches on the card. What am I referring to? Sting versus Hogan. Then you have a bunch of bullshit matches between... Who oh, 2 Guerrero was great. And yeah, it kept the crowd entertained for a little bit. Then you had weird, you know, Falls Town Anywhere matches, and that's another thing. Every other match that AEW has had has been a special stipulation match, a Falls Town Anywhere match. Hmm. The Best Friends Forever tag team? Yeah, no, folks. And if balls count anywhere, imagine they, they're adding elements of ECW, WCW, and they're like, oh, I'm glad you noticed. You tune into our show. Well, I kind of have to because it's assigned. The designated assignment for myself is to report anything and everything professional wrestling. So uh, it's a terrible show, but it does need a lot of work. Most people don't care about continuity in the story. They care about if you can tell a story to the audience, to us. That's what I care about. So far, every time that I have tuned into AEW, it's either a no DQ match, falls down anywhere, a chairs match. What's next? You're going to have an old ECW style match, and is New Jack going to come out of the back of that curtain and basically shoot on anything? Anyone and everyone in AEW? I mean, I wouldn't put it past certain uh, AEWs to begin doing the, well, we have controversy, so controversy creates cash. I mean, okay, Aubrey Edwards obviously talented enough to to be an official, right? She gets her own T-shirt. No. 
No. Referees should never get their own merchandise. Sorry, Yali. You know, I love you to tears, but you having your own merch? It depends. If you're still working for the independents, is that is that plausible enough for people to have their own merchandise? If you're a referee, you really should not be making merchandise, and that's just personal opinion, because you're putting yourself over instead of you're just, I hate to say this, the job of a referee is to stay the fuck out of the way. Stay the fuck out of the way. Stay the fuck out of the way. Continue to stay the fuck out of the way. They're in position. You count and make sure the wrestler's shoulders are on the mat. There's a lot more that goes into refereeing than my so detailed description, right? you got to be aware of the spots that are called in the back that if you're going to be doing a distraction, you have to time it a certain way. The point is referees aren't supposed to be over. They're not – I if you're Mike Kyoto, Jessica Carr, not just WWE officials, <clears throat> you didn't hear an Earl Hebner chant. But this this thing gets this girl gets her own chant. Is there a problem? Is there jealousy? No. It's just concern. Because if she's in the match with anybody now, they're going to be cheering for her once the audiences return. They're gonna be cheering for Aubrey Edwards, you Aubrey. There's no problem with recognition. There's a problem with being over-recognized. She's not Cornette. She's not Bobby Heenan. She's not Nick Patrick, which that dude, no, I don't know. A lot of question marks get raised when a referee is being, is the one overshadowing the talent. Because she thinks, I'm not overshadowing the talent, but yet people chant your name. People now know that you have merchandise. I mean, that'd be like saying, okay, Jessica, we're going to give you, um, you and the officials some wiggle room to work because now you're going to start putting out merchandise. One that's highly amusing and also it's pretty, uh, not disturbing, but a referee more over than professional wrestlers. Why is that a bad thing, you ask? Because imagine going to the job and finding out <clears throat> that the asshole that's been snitching you out you know, for doing minimal amount of work or doing work that the boss doesn't want him to is getting a promotion. While your dumbass thinks, gee. And then they get They get praise. They get a raise. They get everything that you didn't have. All because you decided to put them over the top. Give them a place to, give them a place to roam. Give them a place to the wiggle room. Well, I hate saying this, but referees are definitely not supposed to be getting or trying to get themselves over, because they instruct. All of us in wrestling school, that managers aren't supposed to get over either. The major, major thing. 
That's why I'm upset. Is because someone's getting attention that you know a wrestler was really hard for their entire life, only to be overshadowed by the popularity of the referee. That's like saying a sub character in Harry Potter would be the hero over Harry, Hermione, Ron, whomever was, you know, big names in said book or and movie. But moving forward, you know, I would like to move forward by saying this. Really need to move on and shut the hell up. What am I referring to? The goddamn lawsuit that's so stupid. If he wants to use the name, I don't know, maybe y'all should consult. Because I don't know what else to tell AEW and WWE other than we appreciate you distracting all of us with your awesome wrestling. As I said, moving forward, so Velveteen Dream, it didn't say he was convicted of any crime. He made bail. So I'm guessing, I'm assuming that he paid the damages, but no one ever said why he smashed out the dude's window. Why am I defending him? I'll tell you why. Because no one ever asked any questions if someone that's a non-wrestler right did something to someone doesn't matter what race you are you smash someone's car window out it's going to come back to bite you the fact that the man identified him identified Dream as one of the assailants why, though? Why did he smash out the guy's window? We were not, we still haven't been given a reason why he did it. It just says African American male, Patrick something, so and so, crushed out Mr. Rodriguez's window. So. That's the bigger question about Velveteen's case. Because we don't know what's going on. That's why we haven't seen him on TV. That's why we didn't see him on TV tonight. Is he sick? Oh, no. I honestly don't know. There's a lot that goes into investigating a case, you know, giving someone the benefit of the doubt. But see, it says in the article that there's no reason to keep him. I don't know why people just want to open it back up. Well, they're down, no one cares type thing. Somebody in his parking garage... So the man owns a part of a mall or something. From what it seems like, he owns a shop or he owns a parking lot. 
And he just decides to let Velveteen, it'll be like, oh, well, this is, this is the incident that happened. He, you know, seen doing this with a rock. Something was said between these two. I guarantee you, no one knows the situation or what's been going on. So we can speculate all we want. So why are you being so, why am I being so nice about Velveteen's case? Okay, because for the last year and a half, almost two years now, we've heard nothing but bitching and moaning about the discrepancies between Cody Rhodes and a few other former employees about WWE and vice versa. I'm pretty sure that Hunter did congratulate Cody when it came to WWE losing in the ratings war between NXT and AEW. So you ask me why I'm being so much nicer? Because my bias is with people who actually pay attention to their own shit. AEW is constantly focusing on, well, this company did me wrong, blah, blah, blah. And they treated me so badly that, you know, we're not allowed to speak in front of the fourth wall. I'm breaking the fourth wall. Want to talk about childish? You know, it's fine and fun the first few times that something gets said or done about a certain company in the first few weeks. But after a while, take you know, talking from experience, bashing, bashing a company just means you need a lot to get over what's going on. I mean, look, Cody has a company and he's the vice president of AEW. I'm not shocked, the man's a Got a brilliant mind. Dear Lord. Something needs to be done. By something, I mean AEW needs to move forward. Because if not, they're going to fall into the same trap that WCW fell into, and that's Worrying about what was said, who said it, why they said it, it's not going to be worth it. So really, both need to move the fuck on and just, when we as an audience come back to the arenas, I'm just going to love saying it. Wrestling is wrestling and any show will be fucking welcome. Hell, I might even go to a Kirk Gannon show, so that's that. Anyways, folks. Hmm. That's all I have to say about that. Oh, and you know, Velveteen Dream. It'd be awesome if he won the NXT Championship. I completely agree, dude. But we have to take into consideration that there's some legalities going on right now in wrestling that are really putting the damper on being a wrestling fan. I still am one, I don't get me wrong, but I'm ranting about the fact that we have a lawsuit on one end and a pending, a court case that should not even happen because I guarantee you something happened between Velveteen Dream and, you know, the man who said, well, this is the guy that did this to my car. Yeah, something was said, okay? Oh, I'm Brian Rails. And if you didn't like what was said on tonight's show, then I got three choice words for you. 
forget about it. And by the way, folks, good news. Lady Lynn is making her return on Wrestle Radio Network Monday edition. So Toodles bitches. I got to, you know, take a dirt nap. Gotta wake up in the morning and work. Get that money, money. Toodles bitches, good night. That's a lot more than three words. I know. Night. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to us in a language that everybody here can easily understand.